0: Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Are good all the time, all the time. You're so good, you're so good, yeah. Woo. He's good. Eh, Amen. All right, I'm, 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 I'm breaking all the rules. You might as well shut that thing off. I have no idea. I'm just going to go until I go. You know what? I, I, I'm, uh, yeah, whatever. Who wants to stand up and shout something that God is good from 2018? One thing. Yeah, just stand up and shout. You raise your hand, stand up and shout. Go ahead, what? Amen. Come on now. God is good. God is good. Hey, God's good. What do you got back there? Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. He's good. Okay. I want you to just go like this. Still got clothes. Go like this. Still got breath. Hallelujah. Still, you know, still can raise my hands. Still can dance. I'm still standing, you got to say that to the devil, I'm still standing, but by the grace of God, amen? Oh, I'm fired up this morning, only because it's just amazing, I, I, as we were worshiping, I kept thinking, last year, this place didn't even exist, and then all of a sudden it exists. And then I'm thinking, I'm worried about it whether it'll exist next year. Guess what? I'm still standing. It's going to stand next year. It's going to keep standing. And the only reason why it's going to be empty is if the Lord comes back. And that's fine with me. Amen? Amen. That's fine with me. You know what? They can have the place. They can, we'll give it to them. Uh, one time, I remember a friend of mine said, you know, one time he went in for a, a mortgage for his house. And he said, listen, you can have my house. The Lord comes back. It's all yours. No problem. How's that for a down payment? Is that Okay. They didn't really trust that. Anyways, so, anyways, um, so next week we start a new series called Success, and and let me tell you, I'm really excited about it. For the month of January, we're going to be talking about, like, what it really means to be successful. It's a good uh, start for 2019. What does it really mean to be successful? Because, well, I'll just give you one. One of the biggest problems that you have with success is letting others define what it is to you. Anyways, that's next week. All right. Well, actually, that's two weeks from now. But it's all about success. And today is kind of like a free week, and and so uh, I call it a free week, meaning you know I get to preach on whatever I want, and and Pastor Jessica preached on whatever she wanted, and boy, that was good this morning. Really, she talked about process and how what you want to do in the midst of process. Uh, that's on that's on our podcast, and. It's really good. If you can speak Bahasa, you definitely want to hear that one. I was so blessed by that. But that's not what I'm going to talk about today. Today, uh, well, let's say this. Yesterday, I was sitting with someone. Uh, We were talking about, um, they they teach the the, the Bible, and and they do a lot of seminars and workshops. We were talking about doing a workshop here. And and, and at the end, you know, we we, we just prayed together. And I said, you know, brother, you, you pray. And he looked at me, and he said... What do you, what do you want to, what's on your heart? What do you want to pray for? And all I could think of, all I could think of was that people come to know Jesus and they get saved. It's the best thing that could ever happen. And so I just said, pray that more and more people come to know Jesus, you know. Uh, and and it, to me, that is the number one thing. And I, I think if I was going to say something at the end of this year, starting at the beginning of of next year, is what I want to talk about is the key ingredients to proclaiming the name of Jesus. You need to have these, and it's part of your job. It's part of what God has called us to, is to proclaim the gospel to the nations. Can I get an amen? amen? People from every tribe of every nation will come together. We just sang it. That's kind of part of... Our community, like, this is who we are. We are a people of every uh, nation and of every tribe. That's what we want to be. And so our goal is to proclaim the gospel to all the nations. Can I get an amen? Uh, And the, the, the key is to have certain things in your life, certain things that you need in your life in order to proclaim the gospel. Now, there was a man. His name was John the Baptist, how many know of John the Baptist, yeah? Okay, if you don't know who he is, he's in the Gospels, and he was the, they, they use the term forerunner, and I just realized I, uh, Jojo is in the back, and I can hear her screaming, slow down, you're talking too fast, she's translating into Mandarin, so sorry, Jojo, I will slow down. I can just hear it, it's like coming from the room. I've actually told them they should probably put a green light and turn it on and say, you're going too fast. Um, So there's a man, his name was John the Baptist, and he was what they call a forerunner uh, to Jesus. He was the first guy that came on the scene before Jesus came, like uh, right before he came, and he was proclaiming. And it says about him in Luke chapter 3, Isaiah spoke about John when he said, He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The valleys will be filled, and the mountains made level, and the curve be straightened will be straightened, and the rough places will be made smooth. Then all people will see the sal- see the salvation sent from God. Now, for a long time, when I've read that, I I picture John the Baptist saying this and. Uh, for the first few years of my life when I read it, I always thought, okay, you know, uh, he's clearing the way so that I can see the Lord. More of a personal message to me. But over the recent years, I, when I read this, I'm saying to myself, this is what our job is to be. Listen, it says, we are supposed to be a voice crying in the wilderness. We are supposed to say something, Right? And then it says, we say, prepare the way of the Lord. He's telling us, you and me, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare. Not for us. I already have him. I need to prepare the way for others. I need to, hi. How you doing? What's going on? Those are my favorite shoes. You know that, right? Yes, yes, I know, I know. I love the squeaky ones because then we know where you are at all times. Yes, now that I've paid attention to you, now you want to, yeah, go, yes, I, I love you, yes, yes. By the way, Rachel has, is having a boy. We're all excited anyway, so uh, just so. Uh, I, I did that on purpose, Rachel, I did that on purpose. Okay, we are supposed to prepare the way. We, it's our job to clear the road for him. It's our job to clear the road for him. It's our job to fill in the valleys. It's our job to make the mountains level. It's our job to make the curved roads straight and the rough places uh, smooth. Why? So that people can see him. See, our goal is to make it easy for people to see him. So I just want you to just think about this because this message is kind of a tough one. So get ready. Uh, you know, are we making it easy for people to see him, like when they hang out with us, when they're around us, when they see us in community, when they see us talking with each other, treating each other in a certain way? Is it easy for them to see the Lord? See, we're supposed to make the rough roads smooth. We're supposed to make the curved roads straight. We're supposed to make the valleys level. Why? So that they don't have to go down in the valley and come back up again. They're not supposed to have to climb a mountain to get to Jesus. We're supposed to make it level for them. We are called to make a road so that they can see the Lord. Can I get an amen? See, that's what we're supposed to do. And, 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 and I'm pretty challenged by that. I'm challenged by that. You know... <clears throat> Well, I'll just say it and get in trouble. It's okay. I got plenty of time. You know, I I I watch sometimes, like over the years in the the places I've been to. You know, like uh, someone just told me they wanted to get baptized. You know, and uh, normally, you know, when I've gone to a church, you know, in order to get baptized, I got to go to sixteen classes. Why? Why is it so hard for me? Why do I have to jump so many hurdles? To become part of the community why do i have to do so many different things you know you know i remember i was sitting with a, a bunch of pastors boy did i get in trouble for this one i was sitting with a, a group of pastors and they were telling me about how it took like each one of them it took them six to eight years to be recognized as a pastor i said six eight years i said how long did it take the disciples to stop ministering maybe about a year I said, if Jesus thought the disciples could start going out into the highways and the byways in one year, why are we saying it takes six? Interesting question. Anyways, so let's look at John the Baptist. Let's look at who he was because I believe in the way they described him, tells us the way that we can be because John the Baptist, I mean, if anybody cleared the way for God, it was John the Baptist. It says that all of Judea, all the people, even the religious people, even the priests, everybody was going out to see this guy. Now, he was a little weird, so maybe some people were just going out to see how weird he was, but everybody was going out, and many, many people were were repenting and coming to Jesus. So things that he was doing, maybe are the things that I should do, and that part of my, uh, my whole uh, series on success is, is a lot like that. Uh, for example, if, uh, let's say, let's say you, you wanted to build an internet company, or let's say you wanted to build a computer company, let's say you wanted to build a computer company, and Bill Gates said to you, I will mentor you. How many would take that, how many would want him to mentor you to build a, a computer company? Not everybody, nobody wants that, right, right? Or, or, or let's say, let's say you had this like brain surgeon, right? You had a brain surgeon. He was a top brain surgeon. Or let's let's use it more close at home. Let's say a heart surgeon, Dr. Shenkar, who did the surgery on Nina, who saved her life, right? Very difficult procedure. Very, very complicated procedure. If, he, if you wanted to be a, a, a heart surgeon and Dr. Shankar said that uh, he would mentor you, how many would say yes? I would say yes immediately. Why? Because he is the top surgeon in Southeast Asia doing that heart surgery. Now, if I said, I will mentor you to be a heart surgeon, would you say yes? No. You'd be a fool. I have no idea. I don't even like blood. So you actually, what you do is you go to the person that understands, you go to the person who knows, you let the person who has achieved it, who can do it, you want him to mentor you, right? That's how you get success. You go to the people who are successful. That's why I like what one pastor said one time, Uh, he said it this way, he said, you know, I never listen to someone, another pastor, if he's criticizing me and he's not doing it. You know, if, he, if, when I'm, if I'm not seeing people get saved, if I'm not seeing people get healed, if I'm not seeing miracles in that ministry, why would I listen to it? Think about it. You want to go to the person who's doing it, and that's why I think John the Baptist is a great person to look at and understand how did he do it, so I should do it similar to the way he does it because he was very successful. So let's read about him. Luke chapter 1. It says he's talking to uh, uh, he's talking to John's father. It's talking about John. Says you will be a you will have great joy and gladness. How many would like to hear that about their children? And many will rejoice at John the Baptist's birth. He will be great in the eyes of the Lord. Woo! You must never he must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before birth. He will return many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the ungodly. So in this description, it tells us some ingredients that made uh, John the Baptist powerful. It made John the Baptist able to clearly proclaim the gospel, to, to make the rough roads straight, to make the valleys uh, high and the, and the mountains low, to, 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 ev- to just make everything smooth. It made he, his voice became very clear. Why? Because of certain things in his life. So let's walk through them. First thing is, it says he, he had a pure Life. It says that he wouldn't take any alcohol. Now I'm not advocating drinking alcohol. Now it has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with here is that John the Baptist took a Nazarene vow. And what the Nazarene vow was was to say that he said, "I will be separated unto God's use completely." Now normally, normally that vow is taken for 30 days. Not John the Baptist. John the Baptist took that. For life. So what he did was he said, listen, I am going to set myself aside, set myself apart for God's use and God's use only. Tell me, that will clear the way for people to see the Lord clearly. You see, what, what stands in the way of, of people seeing God? Deception. What causes deception? Sin. Sin. Sin causes, sin is the thing that causes a lot of people not to get to God. This is the problem. And so, you know, the idea is, is to live a life of purity. Now, see, let me, let, me, let me say it this way. Let's say in this right over here, let's say, okay, you've got the kids right here. The kids are right here. Hi, how are you doing? Okay, now let's say you came in this room, right? And there was a snake, like right here. Would you let your kids sit there? Why? Dangerous. So you would move away from that spot and you would sit over there, right? Let's say, let's say there was a bomb. Have you ever seen the way people, uh, uh, um, uh, what is that word? Stop a bomb, like uh, could diffuse. Thank you, diffuse. To to diffuse a bomb. You ever see that? You ever see how long it takes them? Oh, they're so slow and careful. Why? Because it's so dangerous. Because a bomb, if it blows up, will hurt many people. A snake that bites will hurt and hurt many people. See, people, can I be honest with you? That's what sin does. It hurts many people. And that's why if you... Can I be honest with you? Can I, can I be so straightforward with you and say to you that, listen, if we have sin in our life, we will not be declaring the Lord in a purity. We will not be making the rough road straight because they'll look at your life, someone who doesn't know Jesus will look at your life and go, it's messed up. They won't be able to see the road ahead because they'll see a lot of difficulties so a life of purity and separation unto the Lord. If we want to see souls saved, we need to live a life of purity. I don't hear anybody saying amen. amen. It's the truth. And the truth will see the truth will set you free. Purity will set you free. Purity has a lot of benefits. How many here drink water from the faucet in their home? If you want to go on a weight loss diet, it's the easiest way. Just go over today. If you want to go on a weight loss diet, just go over today. Drink from the fountain, even in here. And you will start your weight loss diet very quickly. Won't feel that good. It's not the best way to do it. Why? Because there's so much impurities in the water. And when there's impurities in the water, people stay away from it. And so if we do not live a life of separation unto the Lord, people are not going to see the way. Let's say, let's say I have, let's say I have an expensive computer. Top of the line, Apple computer, one of the best in the business, you know, like the really, really nice ones. I've only owned it for a year, and I want to give it to you. How many would say yes? I mean, top of the line, right? But now, if I gave this to you, Fredika, and inside that computer, I had so many viruses. It would take you forever to try to use that thing and get benefits from it. That's what happens when we present God from our lives to other people. And we got viruses all through it. They can't find the use of it. And that's why we need, in 2019... Okay, let me say it nicely. In 2019, would you determine to separate your life unto God and for his use? Will you today decide to say, God, you know what? The stuff that I'm playing with that I don't think hurts anybody, trust me, it hurts more people than you could ever imagine. Every sin only produces one thing, death. It will never produce life. Sin will never produce life in your life and in the lives of others. So I'm really encouraging you this year. If I, I want to see souls saved. I want to see souls saved. God has, has given us opportunity to be a blessing to Bali and beyond. I want to see many, many people saved. I want to make the rough roads uh, uh, str- smooth and the mountains low and the valleys high and the curved roads straight. The first thing that has to happen is we need to set our lives apart for Jesus in a life of purity. No one saying amen and encouraging me. The second thing it says about, about John the Baptist, it says he was filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. In many places in the Bible, it says be filled with the Holy Spirit, but actually, that word means to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. What that means is continually means daily. Daily. All right, I'm going to embarrass someone here. You're going to do it by yourself. It's very simple. It's very simple. How many here? took a bath last Sunday and didn't take another bath until this morning. Anybody here? Anybody here? Anybody here? Right? You take a bath on Sunday, and then you forget, you don't need it for the week, right? And then you take another bath on this Sunday. No, it doesn't work that way. Why? Because you need to continually bathe. And you're always telling your kids, take a bath. Take a Monday and use water, please. Right? I mean, it, uh, can I be honest with you? In America, you know, once a day is usually enough, but here, boy, you find yourself a lot more than once a day because you sweat all the time. Right? You know, some of you when I say, come on, after worship, I say, go give someone a hug and kiss, you say, please, no. <laughs> so if you take a bath more than even more than once a day. That's, that's like for your body. You eat more than once a day. That's for your body. Your, your, your whole life is, is dealing with health. But yet, to be filled with the Holy Spirit continually is health for the heart. It's health for the heart. You know, when I, I told this story years ago. I haven't told this story in a long time. but It just came in my mind. When I first came, long, long time ago, back 1997 was the first time I ever came to Indonesia and I remember I was there I was in Surabaya and 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 I was playing golf back then still down I was playing golf with a friend of mine and there was this bell that every now and then would go off in the city and we must have been near a mosque or something and I said what is that bell he goes oh that's the bell that um that that rings and tells the 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 young Muslim children to come to the mosque to learn the the Quran I said, oh, really? What do they do? He goes, they learn the Quran. By the time they're 13, they can recite the Quran in Arabic. And I said, do they speak Arabic? I said, no. They, said, they told me, no, they don't speak Arabic. I said, they're learning the Quran in Arabic, but they don't know uh, what it means? They're like, no. I said, well, how are they learning then? They said, well, the imam teaches them. So basically what that means is, this man can say anything he wants to them, tell them that's what it means, and that's what they think it means because they don't know what it means. And everybody, you know, everyone, Cassian, Cassian. Did you read the Bible this week? Or did you just wait on Sunday until I speak about it? How do you know this is what it says? Did you wait until the bell rang and now I tell you, or you went to... You went to uh, uh, a connect group and the the facilitator taught you the Bible. How do you know that's what it's saying unless you're reading it? You 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 don't get the Holy Spirit by just like sitting next to someone, rubbing up against them. Please, I see the Holy Spirit's on you. Please give me the Holy Spirit. You know, we actually even talk about impartation, but I won't even go there. What I'm saying is it's time that we get filled with the Holy Spirit, that we have a connection with God more than just on Sundays. We have a connection with God every day and we're continually filled because, trust me, you don't know when it's time to share. You don't know when it's going to be time to tell someone about Jesus. Can I be honest with you? This week, if you don't know this, it's very sad. It's extremely sad. One of of our, our members here in our community, and she was in her, what, 20s, 30s? She died this week. Suddenly. Suddenly. I mean, it was so sad. I was so saddened by this. Thank God she knows Jesus, so she's going to heaven. But, you know, you never know when your time is. You need to be ready. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because when you're talking with someone, it could be their last moment. So you need to get daily filled with the Holy Spirit. Daily filled. I mean, think about this. John the Baptist, here he is. He's out. He's kind of a weirdo. He was wearing, like, camel's hair and eating, eating locusts. I mean, he's kind of a weird guy, right? And he's out there, and he's preaching. And he's, he's, uh, he's, 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 he's dealing with the Judeans there. And then all of a sudden, the Pharisees come. What do you say to Pharisees who know everything Pharisees know the Bible they know the Old Testament inside and out that's their job and here's a guy that you know just some guy but filled with the Holy Spirit God gave him words for them why because he had them ready. And all of a sudden, it just came flowing out of him. You brood of vipers, who will, uh, you know, t- the axe is already laid at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. See, here's how it works. Can I, I'm just being very straightforward with you today. It's the last message for 2018, so I'm being very uh, clear with you today. It's very simple. Here's how it works. Jesus said this. He said that the Holy Spirit... Will bring back to your memory all the things that I said. Okay? Now, you can't remember something that you haven't learned. It's not like out of thin air the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to your memory. Memory means you've known it already, you already knew it. That's why you need the Word of God. You need to know the Word. And then the Holy Spirit brings it back to you. I remember talking to this one guy one time about. uh, I was telling him about uh, Jesus, and and he didn't seem to want to hear it. You know, I was prayed up, and and all of a sudden, out of my mouth, before I even realized, but I know I had read it already. It came out like the Holy Spirit just came right out of my mouth, and I said, "Well, I'm not going to throw this pearl to the swine anymore." He was like, "What?" I said, "Well, you don't throw pearls to swine, pigs." He said, "Are you calling me a pig?" So not really, it just kind of came out of my mouth. All of a sudden, the whole conversation turned. And that day he bowed his head to Jesus and he he, he came to Jesus that day. All because I said some verse that made like I read and it just kind of came out of my mouth. You need to know the word and then be filled with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is like the gunpowder to the bullet. How many are going to read the Bible this week? Show of hands. How many are afraid to raise their hand because they're going to be convicted? How many know they should raise their hand? Raise your hand. How many know you should raise your hand? How many are afraid to even do anything because you have no idea what I'm talking about? Anyways, read your Bible. Get into prayer. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Trust me, out of your mouth will come a sharp two-edged sword that's able to pierce to the dividing of, thunder, of soul and spirit and bone and marrow. It's the discerner of men's hearts. Hebrews, know your Bible. Get filled with the Spirit. That's what John the Baptist did. The next thing it says about John the Baptist, it says he prepared people's hearts i love this one because what the heck is he saying he prepares people's hearts you know oftentimes we think that the way to share the gospel is to simply you know uh you know for spiritual laws or i'm going to tell you, you know once you you know you're dead in your sins and jesus you know and i give you the but like i i have to know peter first and he has to know me so we have to sit together we have to go down to the beach together and have breakfast together and start talking about our lives. Remember that? I won't forget. And Because I didn't know Peter. And so Peter came here and I said, I don't know Peter. Peter, let's have breakfast. Same thing with Wes. That's why you always hear me. Let's have lunch together. Why? I want to know you. See? And so people have to know who you are. That goes back to making sure that you have a life of purity. Because when they sense purity in you, they're going to want it. Trust me. Every single time they'll want that. Because they've got problems. I had a friend, this guy, uh, I won't tell you his name, and, 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 and so I just became his friend, you know? Like I never really talked about God, I just became his friend. Why? Because that's, what, that's how you prepare someone's heart. You're just their friend. They need friends. You need friends. We all need friends. So I just kind of started hanging out with him, walking around with him, having dinner with him. And one day he calls me, crying. My girlfriend left me. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, my girlfriend left me. You know, blah, blah. So why did he call me? Because I was his friend. Friends talk to friends. If you're not somebody's friend, they're not going to talk to you. They're not going to tell you what's inside. And so God wants us to prepare people's hearts by being friends with them. But, but 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 pastor, the Bible says, "Come out from among them and touch no unclean thing." And if you touch no unclean thing, then I will be your God and you will be my people. So I'm not supposed to go near them. No, that's not what it's talking about. That's talking about don't get involved in their sin. But it's definitely saying be their friend. That's why Jesus was always accused of being someone who is sinful because why he was he was with the prostitutes and the drunkards he was their friend he hung out with matthew the tax collector and after getting done talking to matthew the tax collector what happens matthew repents see so we're called to prepare people's hearts by being their friends by loving them by caring for them and so finally you know, as, as I was talking to my friend, he said, my girlfriend left me, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, you know what I do in hard times? Well, I said, well, I pray and I ask God, I ask Jesus what to do. And, and, and you know, here's a couple of scripture verses that God has given to me, you know, at times of trouble. And I gave them to him. And then all of a sudden, he starts coming to our, our gatherings on Sunday morning. And he comes up to me, he goes, how come every time I come to Sunday mornings, I'm Crying. I said, ah, you'll figure that out. Don't worry, you'll get there. His heart was prepared to hear the message. Why? Through friendship. God wants us to make friends. Let's make friends with people who don't know Jesus so they can know Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Okay. I want you to think of someone that God wants you to befriend this year and make a friend. Can you imagine if every person made one friend this year and led them to Jesus? Next year, we wouldn't have enough room. God has called us to proclaim his name clearly. I think it's the last one. I'll just go to the next one. It says to restore relationships, to restore the fathers with the children. We are called to restore relationships, it is the best thing in the world. You know, I'm just going to keep my head down when I say it, but, you know, a few weeks ago, I'll just say it that way, a few weeks ago, I was trying to teach you this. Would you do me a favor? See, this is such, this is so unsociable. This whole setup, this is why I don't like Sunday mornings. It's so unsociable. You're all looking at me, and everyone else is looking at the back of heads. You know? And that's why, like, you know, Hey, we're all standing up worshiping God. You you're, happen to be in the front. I know no one can see you. You're too small. Anyways, <laughs> I, love I love you. Right? So we're all worshiping, you know, and then all of a sudden the pastor gets up there and he says, you know, go out and give 17 hugs and 45 kisses, you know, to everybody. Hi, how you doing? Yep, yeah, okay. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't. Matter of fact, you should always ask, how are you, twice. Twice. It happens more often than you can ever imagine. If you've been here, you know I've said this before. I sit down. I did it to you today already once. (laughs) How you doing, Dondra? Yeah, how you doing? Second time, they'll always start talking. First time, it's always bike, bike, sadja. (laughs) Right? Always bike, bike, sadja. Always. Always, Right? But it's a second time when you really look at them and you really show that you care, that you have an opportunity to bring someone into a relationship, restore their relationships, obviously with God. Just recently I was sitting down with someone and, and, and they came and you know, I sat down and I said, how are you doing? Oh, I saja." Yeah. no, no, how are you doing? And all of a sudden, boom, they start crying. And they had a tough time because they had a relationship problem that week. Oh, let's make sure we have coffee this week. Let's talk. Let's talk. We're supposed to be... Rest- the Bible says that we are ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is, right? Ambassadors of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says we are ambassadors of reconcil- is reconciliation reconciling the world to God, reconciling people to each other. Blessed are those peacemakers, right? God wants us to bring about relationship restoration. And so obviously it starts with our own lives through forgiveness and stuff, but then it goes on to other people's lives. If we restore relationships, trust me, that road that's difficult for them to see God will become smooth. That crooked road, that it's difficult for them to see God will become straight. That mountain that's in their way will go away and they'll be able to see God. We're called to bring about restoration in our lives. Finally, let's read this last quote from John the Baptist, which I think is an amazing uh, quote. It's one of my favorites. It says, You you know what? This is, this is I can't even, I'll go too far along in preaching this, so let me just read it. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. I am only here to prepare the way for him. Oh, can you make that your statement for 2019? It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. The bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. That's... You know... A few weeks ago, I was able to pray with someone and see them come to Jesus. To me, I was, the, I was the friend of the bridegroom watching Jesus make a promise to this person and vowing to never leave them or forsake them, to be with them forever and ever. What a beautiful vow. I get to see that. I get to witness that. See, that's what God wants you to be able to do is pray with someone and witness the marriage of God with them. That's what's happening here. And he says, therefore, I am filled with joy when Jesus succeeds. Oh, that leads right into success. Isn't that interesting? I am thrilled with and filled with joy when I see Jesus reconciled with someone. He said, Jesus must increase. I must decrease. Today, will you decide to let Jesus increase in your life? Just that, that people just see him. It's hard for them to see him through sin. It's hard for them to see, uh, see Jesus when, when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit because that's who Jesus is. It's hard for them to hear Jesus when you can't share words that he spoke. That's why you need to know the word. It'll be hard for you to make the rough road smooth if it's all about you. And he's decreasing and you're increasing. God wants, God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, you hear the stories of people having dreams and visions and Jesus visiting them, and they come to Jesus, and and we rejoice. I don't rejoice over that. Actually, to be honest with you, I get nervous about that. I get nervous when people are having dreams and seeing Jesus. You know why? because I believe it's like that verse that Jesus said if we don't praise him the rocks will cry out we are called it's our job to proclaim the gospel and I think Jesus is so zealous so wanting that people come to Jesus that when we don't do his job he comes in a dream because he wants to see them come to Jesus I want to be the one to share the good news so I can rejoice don't you want to be the one to share the good news so that you can rejoice watching Jesus marry them. 2019 is about salvation, that we are to bring lights to the nation. Would you join with me today to bring light?